Welcome to The Thought Locker, a podcast that enables personal growth. Hi everyone, it's Andrew Duncan here. Thank you for listening in. Today I'm going to run you through common mistakes that I have seen home buyers make over the years, particularly first-time buyers, although these uh, ideas, uh, this advice will uh, be helpful to second home buyers and third home buyers as well. So if you've been through it before, it's still worth listening in. Where does this come from? I've spent 13 years selling uh, properties mainly to first home buyers in Wellington's northern suburbs. So I've seen this process happen hundreds of times and I just want to share some of this advice with you so I hopefully can save you from some of the same mistakes in future. So let's tear right into it. Mistake number one, falling for all the shiny things. When you first start looking at houses, you don't have a lot of perspective. So when you see the beautifully renovated home with, you know, a brand new Bunnings kitchen and the new carpet, you know, the the staging furniture, it's easy to sort of set that as your benchmark for what you want. And then when you go and look at another property that needs work or it's got moldy curtains or it's got, you know, 70s worn carpet, Uh, it's easy to be really put off by those things. But uh, what you want to look at with property is the fundamentals. You want to look at what's the sun aspect like? What's the access like? What's the area like? Is it near public transport? Everything else about a home can be changed. Um, you know, don't just fall for the for the beautiful staging. You know that people do those things on purpose because they know they work. Uh, you can change carpet. You can change paint colors. You can even change kitchens and bathrooms to a point as well. Uh, so stick to the fundamentals. Mistake number two: maxing out your pre-approval. Now your pre-approval, once you get it from the bank, is uh, it's kind of like a, an overdraft. Like you've got that option there. But you don't want to max it out unless you need to. So um, a lot of first-time buyers, you know, are kind of capped by their by their pre-approval and, and need every cent of it to get the house in the area that they want. But a lot of people also have really high incomes, and the bank will offer them, you know, a, a seemingly unlimited amount of money. So try not to be tempted to use every last cent that you can get from the bank. Try and stick to a level which is affordable for you. It's worth keeping in mind that you know you, you want to maintain your freedom later in life. So there might come a time down the track when one of you wants to take a, a lower paying job or one of you wants to take some time off work for a while. So a property which is or, or taking on a lower level of debt will keep your options open further down the track. Also, right now we're in a really low interest rate environment and you know, most analysts are pointing to that continuing for some time, but you just never know. So before you go jumping into a, a really big mortgage, try and keep in mind that interest rates can go can go up again. Um, so work out your affordability of a situation where, you know, imagine the rates were 4.5%, imagine 5%. Uh, you know, only 10 years ago, they were much higher, 7 8 9%. So uh, it's important to, to keep that in mind. It's not that long ago. Mistake number three would be getting scared off by a builder's report. It's tough when you're a first-time buyer particularly because you don't have a lot of experience of maintaining houses or what state you should expect them to be in. A lot of people I met over the years would find a home that they really liked, get a building inspection done, and then just run a mile when they see a whole lot of issues in there. 
it's always important to keep in mind that a builder will only tell you the bad things. They're not going to tell you anything good about the house. And every house has got things in its builder's report. Uh, so it's important to quantify any issues that are there. You know, how soon does this need to be fixed? How much is this actually going to cost me? How does this compare to other houses? If I went to my friend's house or my parents' house, would their property have similar issues? How much do I really need to worry about this? If the builder's report shows you a property which is similar to other properties of its age and style, then that's probably a fair report. And it, but it's, it doesn't mean you should necessarily get up, get put off from buying the home. Mistake number four would be buying on the rebound. Uh, this is one that people usually laugh about when I tell them, uh, but it's so common. The scenario here is you offer on a home that you really love and you miss out sometimes by a whopping amount. You know, you, you, you're pumped, you're excited, you've made an offer, you're hoping it'll work out and then the agent calls you and says, hey, someone offered 100 grand more than you and you're just totally deflated and dejected and you just want to get rid of that feeling of loss as quickly as possible. So you start looking straight away on trade me. You find another home that you might like. You go and look at it, you make an offer on the spot and you buy it straight away. When you're feeling upset and... You know, disheartened, that's not the time to make really big financial decisions. What can end up happening is you make a decision you might later regret, um, jumping into a property just because it's there rather than waiting for another one that you really, really love. You know, you're just so keen to erase that feeling of loss that you jump straight into whichever one is available. Um, maybe you're sick of offering on tenders or bidding an auction. So you just go for the property that is there that you can buy on the spot. It doesn't always lead to the best long-term decisions. So if you do miss out on a property, if you do get blown out of the water by another offer, take a couple of days, give yourself a break. Don't even look on Trade Me. Just take a moment to accept that that, that loss uh, and to congratulate yourself for giving it a go reset and go back into the market with a fresh set of eyes and without any sort of emotional baggage if possible. Speaking of emotions, the next mistake, number five, would be getting too emotionally attached to any one property. So this can, you know, we buy with emotion and we justify with logic, but particularly when it's your first time, it's easy to get too emotionally attached. Uh, it's easy to feel like, I just won't ever find another home like this. This is beautiful. When simply, you know, there's usually always another home. <laughs> it doesn't always apply if you've got a certain very unique set of features that you're looking for. But in most circumstances, you'll find something else that you like just as much. There are other houses coming on the market every week. And you've got to remember that this won't be the last house like this that you can find. So try not to be too emotionally attached. It's important to buy a home that you love and allow yourself to, to love it. But getting, getting to the point where you feel like this is the only option and you'll never get another chance like this puts you in a position where you might make decisions you know, that aren't logical, uh, that certainly aren't optimal. Mistake number six would be offering on the first visit. I've seen this so many times. It's exciting when you've got your pre-approval and you know you're pumped. You want to buy a house. You want to tear into it. You you, you want you get the now nows. You want to make it happen straight away. And you often see a situation where people end up buying a home. You know, where they've only spent ten minutes there. You know, they're spending hundreds of thousands of dollars, and 
you've had showers longer than the time it took you to, to visit and check out that home. I think it's a great idea to always have at least a second visit before you make an offer. Reason for this, it's important to see a house at different times of the day. So if you went in the morning the first time, go in the evening the second time. Uh, check out the sunlight. Go on the weekend and then go during the week. Uh, drive past the home. Even if you don't go inside, just drive past the home at 9 o'clock at night. See if it's a loud area. See what the street's like. It's funny as well how much you will see the second time around, how much more you'll notice about a property when you take another look. A great tip here is to take someone else with you. Uh, often people will take a parent or a family member, which is great, but even just a friend is fine. Just, just someone who isn't as emotionally attached to the decision as you are who uh, can point things out that you may have just looked past uh, because you've got you know, rose-tinted uh, glasses on. Mistake number seven would be being too attached to any one area. So I meet a lot of people who are fixated on being in one particular suburb. And when that happens, you can have a situation where you end up sacrificing on livability to get into that suburb. So let's say you were um, desperate to be in Nio in Wellington. You know, but you were finding your budget was just a little bit too limited for that area, you might end up buying a property which has got really tricky access. Uh, you know, it's up 100 steps or it's uh, got really, really bad sunlight, but it's in your price range and it's in the area you like. But in fact, what makes more of a difference to your long-term enjoyment of a home is the access, is the sunlight, is the livability, in my opinion, more so than the area that it's in. So... Just check your decision making there. If you do want to be in that area, that's cool. Um, but just check your decision making to say, are we sacrificing too much to get into this postcode, this suburb that we're really keen to be in? Next mistake would, this will sound a little bit uh, interesting, but mistake number eight I've got is thinking too long term. So it's interesting when you buy a home, you kind of walk into it feeling like, you know, this is me forever. And it can make you a little bit too choosy or, you know, it, it can make you set your standards too high as to what you expect that home to have. Particularly when it's a first home, I mean, it, it, I would say look at it with a three to five year time frame. You want to keep it for more than one or two years to, you know, to avoid losing money, ideally. Um, but it's important to remember that if it's your first time, you're probably, you know, there's a good chance you'll only be there for three to five years. Uh, most people move on after that period of time, in my experience. So if the home is not perfect for you, remember that it doesn't have to be forever. It really doesn't. And three to five years goes by really, really fast. Last but not least would be the mistake of buying without learning the market first. So... I sold hundreds of properties in Newlands, Johnsonville, Churden Park, Granada Village, and I, I got to know that market inside and out. But if you had asked me what a property in Belmont would be worth or what a property in um, Upper Hutt would be worth, I, I couldn't guess within $100,000, you know, even during my career, even when I was actively selling. And the reason is every market is very different. So as a buyer... If you were looking for properties in Newlands and then you suddenly decided, actually, we might live in Lower Hutt and you started looking at houses in Petone, I would strongly recommend you look at at least 10, 15 houses before you make any offers. And that's 10 or 15 houses in that new area. 
it's really important to understand what houses sell for in that in that place in that postcode um, in that location in that school zone before you jump into it so that you can understand which properties represent good value don't just compare them to the other properties you saw on the other side of town because that's probably not comparable so ideally the rule is 10 to 15 hopefully 20 houses at least before you make an offer and hopefully those properties that you've viewed you want to find out what they've actually sold for as well so you've got some some data to go on this can be tricky to find out what they sell for but keep a track of the properties that you've visited and don't hesitate to call the salesperson who was marketing them a few weeks later and say, hey, look, can you just give me a rough range or ballpark that, that, of what that went for? And often they will be able to, they will be willing to, to help out. One way to achieve this is to even consider going to properties that you don't think you're going to buy, but you're looking at them just from the point of view of trying to learn the market. And when you do visit properties that you don't like, don't just cast it off. Don't just walk out of the front door and say, oh, that's not for me, because it's still an opportunity to learn. Even if the house doesn't have the features that you need, really taking a hard look at that property and thinking, what would I pay for this if it suited me, will help you learn the market. And that'll help you make a better decision when the right home for you comes along. So every house you view is an opportunity to learn uh, and make sure you see it that way over the years I saw so many people that would just walk into a home and think this isn't me walk straight out and never look at it again but I think that's a, a real missed opportunity so there you have it there are nine mistakes to avoid when you are buying a home some helpful tips there for particularly first home buyers but second and third home buyers as well best of luck on your journey if you do need um, strategic help for your um, for a property that you're looking at, you can get in touch with me via my blog, which is blog.andrewduncan.co.nz, where you can book a consultation if you'd like. I often help people with that service, you know, where they are thinking about making an offer, but they're not sure what to do, or they've got a property under contract and the builder's reports come back and they're not sure what to do from there. Or maybe it's a situation where you're wondering whether to put a pre-option offer in. All those things I talk through with people all the time. So please don't hesitate to get in touch. And if there is a topic you'd like me to cover in future, then you can jump on that website, use the contact page, get in touch. I love suggestions and I'm keen to make sure that any future content is as helpful as possible. Thanks again for listening in. Have a beautiful day.